What is going on, everyone? This is episode 12 of the Attack of Zero podcast. As always, I'm your host, Carter Noble, joined by our wonderful co-host, Carl Wilkin. Carl, what's a good word today, man? Uh, we had a triple threat modern weekend. Uh, GP Tampa, GP Bilbao, and the Philadelphia Open for Star City. Uh, and from the word going around Twitter, is it Phoenix is got this giant target on its back now. Uh, everybody wants a deck. Hey, um... Who knew the, <laughs> the deck that got beat up by KCI is really good after KCI gets banned? Exactly. Who would have ever thought that? No one ever, apparently. Uh, so, uh, interesting note, just looking over, I'm looking uh, currently at the uh, the Open. We have uh, Austin Collins ended up winning, winning his first trophy, to my knowledge, uh, with Is It Phoenix this weekend. Congrats to him. Austin, you are... Uh, you're a fantastic player, man, and you're you got a long you got a long career ahead of you playing this game, man. You're fantastic, and I'm really looking forward to the next several years of you playing Magic. So, uh, congrats to you. Congrats to uh, to all the top eight contestants. Um, looking through this, we have one, two, two Phoenix in the top eight, one down in nineteenth. One at 26, one at 29. And then a handful of them down in uh, top 32 as well. So, I mean, it this deck's really good. So, um, uh, I got the day two numbers, because that's what we talked. We were talking about that uh, on Sunday. Yeah. And, and just between each other, it was just like how much Phoenix converted in a day two. Uh, twenty percent, twenty-two, and some odd number percent of the decks at the open in day two were Phoenix decks. Uh, if you go back to Billabow, GP Billabow's uh day two conversion, twenty percent of the decks that made it to day two were is it Phoenix decks? Like, is it 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 does so well on day one that it pushes all these other strategies out, and it's it's just weird how wizards just doesn't want to talk doesn't talk about it doesn't want to really look at it they haven't really done that with a faithless looting deck ever like when they talk about dredge they always hit the dredgers because dredge is the broken mechanic uh and i mean understandably so like i mean they they tested grave troll and modern for what six months or so six months a year somewhere in there it was about a year and then they printed and then christ amalgam cathartic reunion and it put it over the top yeah so, you know, it, the the big thing about Dredge is because it's attacking from such a different axis that it just, it, it's unexpected in the way that it plays. And um, I forget who I was talking to. It might have been you um, that was talking about how um, even in, like, Legacy and the older formats, Dredge is an aggro deck. Yeah. Dredge is an aggro deck that attacks from a really weird angle and technically never needs to cast a spell to win the game. Exactly. Look but, at look at Manalist in, in uh, Legacy. <laughs> Actually never needs to cast a spell and can just win the game out of yep. nowhere. Um, it's just going to be weird because since they don't talk about, faith, they never talked about Faithless Looting being the problem in Dredge, what are they going to pinpoint as a Phoenix that's being the problem card that's pushing over the edge? I personally think it's Manamorphose. But I personally don't want I don't want to hurt Storm. Like Storm's not doing anything wrong. 
for once in its <laughs> lifetime. Once in his career, Storm is not the good, the bad guy here. <laughs> but if we take Metamorphos away from Storm, it it hurts it. Like it cripples it a little bit. But at the same time, you know, when when Storm was popular, what a year ago, like, oh my gosh, we need to ban Storm. You you hear that all the time. Yeah, it's just people when, picking cards. And that's when that's when I was playing Storm, and you know, I I always told people, I'm like, if you want to do well in modern, play the best deck no one expects, and you know, sometimes past that, even like specifically right now, play the best deck. Yeah, it's like it's not even don't expect. Play the best deck. Just play the top when, two. When uh, the meta is, you know, just over a fifth, almost a fourth of one deck in day two, you have to be ready for it. You have to have a plan for Is It Phoenix right now. Yep. Uh, and you know, we we were talking about this this weekend. Splinter Twin never had these numbers. No. Yeah. I, no. And like, people thought that was the boogeyman of the format, and it is. Nothing like this. Like, uh, people are comparing this to Eldrazi Winner. Like, dude, I, it's I, that I think that's an bad. accurate assessment. In in all actuality, I think the closest comparison, to my knowledge, in modern, would be Eldrazi Winter. And it, I'm I'm not saying is it Phoenix is too good, but I definitely think it it's on the power level that modern needs to be. But there is just something. That is just pushing it over the edge. It It's comparable to KCI. KCI was almost, like just over modern level power, but it's because it could play through all of the hate that comes at it. Is it yeah, can do that too? Deck, this deck can attack from so many different angles. You know, yep. you have you have the graveyard plan of, okay, let's ditch all these, these cards to Arclight Phoenix and then attack you from nowhere. Let's Snapcaster back all these things. And then they... Like, you can bring in Graveyard Hate against them, and they're like, alright, here's this Crackling Drake, here's this thing in the ice, kill you. Yep. Like, and, uh, there's, there's Liz playing Terramander, which, like, sure, you can, you can play Rest in Peace, and, like, now I have a one-mana 1-1, one, one, and probably never gonna be anything more than that. But then, like, you just have the rest of the deck that does things, too. Exactly. When, when your, your Graveyard Hate shuts down, you know, four to eight threats, that's fine, but what about the other four to eight threats that you have to worry about then? Yeah. And, and also, like, post-board, post-board, they're not even a Phoenix deck anymore. They're just this blue, they're this blue-red control deck that is able to utilize stuff like Blood Moon and Planeswalkers to beat you to death. Yeah. Does that sound familiar at all? Um. <laughs> uh. With is it Phoenix being the the biggest proponent right now of Faceless Slitting being on the chopping block, Dredge isn't that far behind it. Um, Dredge has been putting up real good numbers lately, and honestly, the Dredge and Phoenix matchups are pretty close. close, pretty close to fifty fifty as you can get. Because Thing in the Ice is like a flipped Thing in the Ice, kind of sucks for Dredge. It kind of pushes it towards Phoenix if they just get a Thing in the Ice on turn two, flip it on three. Um, which Dredge players have been cutting Conflagrates, which I feel like shouldn't be happening. I don't know why they're down to two now. Uh, Conflagrate is great against Phoenix because they just bounce all those creatures to your hand. And you're just like, well, next turn, Conflagrate you for like 10. <laughs> you know, 
when when you're playing Life in the Loam, you can just build up incremental card advantage out of nowhere. And next thing you know, you have 10 cards in your hand, so a conflagrate for 10 is not unreasonable. Exactly. I've uh, I've been I've played against Dredge where I'm at I I'm at twelve, I can't die this turn. And you're dead. <laughs> yup. Uh Dredge and Phoenix. They're running they're running the modern meta right now. There's other decks you can play and probably do well at a, at, a, at an event, but you're gonna have to almost play near perfect for if people like Austin Collins are running around with Is it Phoenix and making you have to play perfect like that. So I'm currently looking at the top eight from uh Bill Bow. And we have Phoenix at 1 and 4, Dredge at 3, 6, and 7. Uh, we have War Prison at 2nd, Titan Shift at 5, Death Shadow at 8. So, like, you know, again, Dredge and Phoenix. I, I do like that War Prison is in there. I know this is the deck I've been really high on the last, what, couple weeks at least. And since uh, couple talking, weeks. Talking to you with it, uh, about it. And it's just, if it does have a good Phoenix matchup and it does have a good uh, Dredge matchup, I I do think this is a real contender. Uh, um, I know back in Eldrazi Winter, people played a lot of Affinity because they could just race them. And War Prison does not do anything like Affinity. But the fact that, you know, you're able to combat them from an angle that they're not ready for makes it good. You know, how does how do these decks beat an Instaring Bridge game one? Excuse me. I don't I don't think Phoenix doesn't have an answer to a bridge game one at all, right? It should, no. Um looking at the, the first place list from Bill Bow, they're playing one echoing truth. Yeah, one Echoing Truth is they're out. They, uh... I guess, in theory, they could have a big Pyromancer Ascension turn to Lightning Bolt you to death. But, like... That is a thing. That It is a thing. But I don't know how... Optimal... Like, how ideal that is. I guess you have to do what you have to do, but... I feel like at some point, like... If, you're, if you have an Ascension online... The, and like prison already has like okay if you have a uh if you have an incension in play and prison already has a bridge i feel like their next threat is then to shut off your graveyard yeah so that you can't get an active ascension or even i, I guess ascension still copies copies a spell so even like chalice isn't the correct answer because you can just you know chalice on one doesn't shut off the copy. Exactly. So I guess then, like, Witchbane Orb? Like, Witchbane Orb plus Ensnaring Bridge is like a hard lock, I guess? Uh, until you get uh, Shatterstorm. Game one, though. Yeah, game one. Game one, yeah. Physics, is it Phoenix usually just picks them up and goes on to game two and two and three, where they're much more likely to be favored. And then, post-board, I guess to get away from being dead to Shatterstorm... We have Psy and Tezzeret, but like those aren't. Those great honestly feel answers. terrible. Yeah, like I, I feel like Shatterstorm is the card to beat. Uh, Shatterstorm and Her- Hercules recall. Oh yeah, Hercules real good too. It just happens but, to be that he was prepared. The first place at Billabel was prepared for his finals matchup against War Prison because he packed both Hercules and Shatterstorm. 
Well, interesting note, Hercules gets shut off by... Which um Yeah, by which Or So, it... It's a minor thing, but like that's still relevant text of why why you should keep in your witchbane orb. You can't get burnt out, you can't get Hercules. But you can still get Shatterstormed. Shatterstorm, um, man, it's just such a good card. Switching over to Tampa, we have Drix's Death Shadow winning the tournament, beating out uh Matt Costa on Is It Phoenix, Brian DeMars on Is It Phoenix in third. Uh, Hexproof in 4th, Monogreen, Tron, Phoenix in 6th and 7th, in the hands of Shaheen Sarani and Eli uh, Cassis. And then in 8th place, we have Sam Black playing Lantern Control. That is not a deck I was anticipating seeing in this top 8. Oh, he's playing Kaya. Okay, so... I, I, I really like this Kaya plan, I'm not gonna lie. So the Kaya in this deck is is a better win con than the mill plan <laughs> most of the time. It seems more consistent than the mill plan. Um, I'm not going to lie. First time first time I saw that, I misread Kaya, and I thought it said Karn. I'm like, man, we're just going to beat people to death. And I'm like, wait, how how are we beating people to death with our Karn tokens if we play Ensnaring Bridge? What's and cool so- about his list is it's the green-black base list, so he gets access to all the uh, hand disruption and just permanent removal. And we then are all he, zero work. Interesting. All he has to do is tap a Spire or a Glimmer Void for his white for Kaya and he's good to go. Or his or tap for blue or for un- yeah. Or tap for blue and unmoored ego, but in the sideboard. We have it's- a second Kaya in the board. We have a Pyroclasm, two unmoored egos. To Fountain of Renewal to help out against Burn. That actually seems really good. Yeah, Fountain of Renewal was a card I was kind of high on in Lantern because it just sits there. It's a be- it's well, better than Sun Droplet. Well, Sun Droplet's going to gain you two per turn cycle. But you have to take damage. Correct. Whereas Fountain on one is... Uh, Fountain on one is most likely better than Sun Droplet on one, right? Sun Droplet's still one drop? So it drops it two? two drop. Oh, it is two. Okay. Interesting. I also like the th- the three trophy three surgical. With all the graveyard decks popping up, surgical seems real good in this deck. Yeah, this deck doesn't care about dredge as much because it gets to play foreign snaring bridge. It it just really matters about um, problem cards that can deal with it. This Kai, I'm just like looking at this Kai. I'm just like this Kai is awesome. I really like that plan. I'm interested in zero agent or bolos in the seventy five. Like it's that, because that it's seemed, Kaya instead. It, it used to be the big like go to post board plan. Yeah, and I I really like this Kaya plan. There's also a Gethok Teague in the board. I did not see that. Yep, that is adorable. Sam Black's lists are usually pretty good. And this looks like he's been playing this for a while. I'm I'm interested in hearing his thoughts on Lantern versus Word Prison as to why he played Lantern this weekend. Um, I feel like Lantern, the green black version of Lantern, lets you just it has more disruption, so you can play against the other decks better. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas the Word Prison deck, if you put if you stick the Words back in the Lantern Control deck, you might as well just play the Word Prison deck because you okay. get Chalice of the Void stuff like that. Which the Word yeah, Prison I... is looking to beat up Is it Phoenix and the other linear decks, whereas Lander Control is prepared to beat Is it Phoenix, but can play against the interactive decks and things like that. Hmm. I really like this list. I do too. Um, any anything else you see going on this weekend that you want to talk over? I there's really, really nothing special, man. Lots of Phoenix, lots of Dredge. Shout out I, to Luke Town, four color Vanifer deck. Oh, on in day two. Yeah. <laughs> there is there's a Celestia Taxes deck in day two of the open. Um, fairies, Sultai Reclamation made day two. Uh, oh. just just missed out on top thirty two. I know that's a that's a deck that you have put in a little work on. I not, put a little not bit a of ton, right? Not a not a ton, but enough that I I should I know the ins and outs and I know what's good and what's not. Uh, I got to watch Josh play a little bit on camera. With the with his list and the Tassigers were actually kind of sweet. Um, you put a lot of cards in your graveyard pretty quickly, uh, and just being able to like buy back important stuff like your mystical teachings or your pulses. Uh, with Tassigers, pretty good. I also like big. I like the torrential gear hulks in the sideboard as Snapcasters five too. and six. Uh, when when I played. A lot of Blue Moon. I was really high on on Torrential Gear Hulk in Modern. Um, that's that's just a card that I feel like is very powerful, but because it's six mana, it makes it very restrictive as to what you're going to be able to do with it. Um, and playing it in a control shell like like Sultai Wreck or uh, Blue Moon, I was I was always really high on. There's a line you can do where on turn five you can. Um... Leave your mana open, growth spiral into six, and go mystical teachings, find torrential gear hulk for your next turn. Which is kinda cute. That is really cute. I like the Crypt Incursion. Good against Dredge, good against the creature based decks. Uh helps against a burn sometimes if you need it. Um uh, also looking through the decks. Um, down at 78th in the open, there's another Mono Red Phoenix deck. Um, nothing, nothing overly exciting here. Manamorphose is really powerful and probably shouldn't be a red spell, but you know. Uh, I feel like they're playing the wrong set of creatures. There's a very big lack of the awesome new Niv Magus Elemental tech that people are playing. True. Niv Magus Elemental not only is a legacy star... But is also now playable in in modern alongside Grape Shot. Heck yeah. Um, I mean that the, sounds hot. I want to do that. I like their sideboard pretty straight up. So Carl, change of plans. I'm going to play modern at the open. Okay. We're going to register four Niv Magus Elemental in every legal storm card. Hmm. Are you on board with this yet? I got ground rifts. And grape shots. Uh, we also get access to uh, what's the 
What's the pump spell with buyback? It has buyback and storm. I don't know that one. I think it's I think it's storm. Alright, uh I need to I need to look real quick. Okay. Uh let's see here. Straight, the sideboard is straightforward. Three Dragon's Claw, three Blood Boon, three Rending Volley, three Surgical Extraction, three Shatterstorm. Cannot get any better than that. The person knows about the sideboard. Let's see here. Anything else pop out interesting? Haze of Rage. That's what that is. <laughs> It is a pump spell with storm and buyback for some reason. Future Sight was a weird block. Yes, it was. <laughs> who, who thought it was okay to put both of those abilities on the same card? Mm. <laughs> Magic has some interesting designs. I will, I will put it like that. We ready to go over our decks for Cincinnati? I think so, man. Um, yeah, nothing, nothing, nothing much to let uh, left to say about modern. It's it's a format. It, it really, man. That's the best thing I can say about it. It's I have described it as a cesspool of degeneracy for quite a while at this point, and I'm just it's accurate at this point. It really is. So, um, since he is this weekend, we are going to be attending, uh, me, I'm going to be playing Legacy, you're going to be playing Modern, and then my roommate Kyle is going to be playing Standard for us. Um, where, where do you want to start? What format do you want to talk about, Carl? I might as well go from left to right. Oh, start with Standard and work our way to the other side. Okay, so... Um, Kyle has been very indecisive with what he's going to play. Um, he's been, he wanted to play Soltai for a very long time. Uh, we finally get it put together. I play with it on Arena. It feels really great. I'm like 7-0, 8-0 with the deck. And he, he goes and plays it. And it's just like, man, it just feels like something's missing. My, my removal doesn't match up like I need it to. And, like, my threats just aren't lining up like I need them to. He's like, I want to play an interactive deck, but I don't know what I want to do with it. I'm like, okay, so we can we can work on Sultai more. He's like, no, I, I just don't, I don't think Sultai is where I want to be. I'm like, okay, are we talking, like, Esper Control? No, I don't really like that either. I... His opinion on Esper has always been really low. And for quite a while, I was really low on the deck, too, uh, until I finally started playing games with it. And I don't know if it's because I'm mildly addicted to the card Thought Erasure, but it just it clicked. And I'm in love with Esper Control now. <laughs> so I've been, I've been playing a lot of Esper Control. I've played a lot of uh, Esper Angels. Um... Just like all the thought of Reacher decks, I've been playing a lot of, and Kyle's like, "No, I just, I don't, I don't want to do any of that." I'm like, "Okay, what, what, what do you want to do? You're not helping me at all, man. You're just eliminating deck choices." So, uh, I I start talking to him about the uh, Shaheen Sarani uh, Sultai Reclamation deck. That's just playing like Reclamation as quote intended, 
of do stuff on my turn, leave up, you know, mana on your turn to do stuff too. And, you know, I, I played a little bit with the deck after he wrote his article, and I was kind of underwhelmed with the deck. Um, talking with a few people in uh, Jeff Oakland's Discord, uh, they were they were really high on the deck. And um, I forget who, but uh, they ended up winning a 1K with the deck. And hmm. said the only change they made was they cut a... It cast down for a uh, assassin's trophy, and said after the event that the only thing he would change was change that trophy to another hostage taker. I'm like, okay, sure, I'll I'll test this list and and see. And it it feels really cool when you get to go reclamation into like counterspell or reclamation chemistry's insight on their turn into biogenic ooze, make an extra ooze. Now I just have a ton of power that you had to deal with, and like. Biogenic ooze alongside reclamation is hot. It's really hot. <laughs> this is the best way to put it. Being able to leave up counter spells for whatever they do, and if they don't do anything, just make another ooze. Um, I can't remember if I sent you the screenshot of it, but I have a screenshot from when I was playing the deck. I was playing against the the teamer pod mom deck. Yeah, and I think I've seen it. Uh, I, I tap out for, like, a 9-9 crisis or something, move to my end step, and just make, like, five more, you know, like, four more tokens or whatever I have mana for. Uh, on their, on their turn, they have a uh, Nikia in play, the one that doubles their mana. Mm-hmm. And they tap out for, like, a 19-19 crisis or something. I'm like, good lord, we are dead. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, all right, untap. Draw the removal spell for the crisis. Make some more dudes. Instep, make some more dudes. They're all huge. My bonus board is just as wide as mine is. And I eventually end the game with like 15 oozes in play or something in this crisis that's just been beating them to death. <laughs> <laughs> they, they started that turn cycle at like 45. And by the time I ended the game, they were at, like, negative 30 or something. <laughs> Sounds like we should be playing that, then. It, it's really cool, but Kyle was just off of it. I'm like, all right, man. I need I need you to help me out with this. Where? What do you want to do? He's like, well, you were working on that Jeskai Nexus deck for quite a while, and you were really high on it, and I really like the play style of it, so I think that's what I want to lock in. I'm like, Okay, this is a deck that I designed. It's a deck that I have a lot of familiarity with because, you know, it's my list. And I really, I I think it's great. I really do, to put it simply. Um, So we get to utilize, like, Revitalize and Ritual of Rejuvenation to, like, help stabilize against the aggro decks. um, Alongside Deafening Clarion to sweep away the board. Uh, We have Deafening Clarion and Settle the Wreckage as our sweepers. Uh, we eventually close out the game with either a Rowl emblem or beating them to death with Tesseret tokens, or they usually just concede to me looping, you know, Nexus with a Tefiri on the board. Uh, is usually how the games end. I'm currently on 26 land with the with the last one being an Arch of Araska, and I don't know the Arch has actually come in handy a couple different times as just like an additional card, in, like a card engine to start drawing extra cards when you're looping Nexuses. Mm-hmm. 
But I don't know if it's better than something like the third Justice Strike or like a third Chemistry's Insight. I I think if I was to cut it, I would play a third Chemistry's Insight um, just to have more card advantage because Chemistry's is way, way cheaper to activate than an Arch. And when you're restricting yourself on mana by casting a Nexus every turn, four is way cheaper than six. So, you know, and getting to see two additional cards for four mana compared to one off of Arch is a lot. So that might be something I work on in the next couple days to to secure the exact 75. Um, And then out of the board, we just shift over to, like, Jeskai Control. Like, they're going to bring in all their hate for Nexus, because we have Zero Creatures main board, and we're going to bring in Legion Warboss and Lyra and Niv-Mizzet and just turn into this Jeskai mid-range control deck and beat them to death. Um, it's it's a deck I've really liked. Um, it's really, really interesting. Um, and it's also a $600 standard deck, so it has to be good. <laughs> if, if we're playing based on cards that cost the most, we win. Yeah, <laughs> I'm so, sitting here going through it, and like I'm just like looking at like there's revitalize and ritual, and it's like, well, we're never gonna die. There's, so there's that. there have been games against mono red where I, you know, at the end of their turn, I'm at like one. And I go, all right, revitalize into ritual. All right, now I'm at eight into untap nexus, draw another rejuvenation, and just. Next thing you know, I went from 1 to 30 against Mono Red. <laughs> um, there there have been games where I've got to uh, give Niv-Mizzet lifelink and then cast, like, Chemisters to shoot down their board plus, you know, gain life. And it's it's disgusting. It is awesome. Your, your aggro matchups are not particularly close. Um... Your soul time matchup, they have a really hard time against the card Nexus of Fate. So yeah. if they're boarding into uh, duress and <clears throat> like duress and thought erasure, then we just board into our planes, you know, our our creature package and beat them to death. Um, I I don't know about Legion War Boss in the board. It's like the one the one spot where I'm just like, man, this seems really cute. I don't know if it's good. Um, but it's really, really powerful against Esper. Like, the fact that, like, they're gonna take out all their removal, and you just can play this threat on three and be like, alright, you're not killing it, and, uh, I know I'm not, so... <laughs> uh, it could be good against the Salt, like you said, the Salt Tie, where they board out most of their creature removal. Uh, the problem two. is, they're keeping in, like, Frasca's Contempts, plus the board in that matchup kinda gets clogged up anyway, so... Like, you're, you're kind of relying on, like, an early Deafening Clarion to be able to clear out, like, a Wild Growth Walker. And, uh, without, like, Wild Growth Walker is the card in that matchup, as weird as it sounds, because it can outgrow Deafening Clarion. Yeah. Um, which is actually why I really like Settle the Wreckage, because it's really not played right now in the format. And I've, I've had Mono Blue attack into it with, like, four dudes, I'm just like... Well, for whatever reason, you decide to tap out in your main phase, pick them up. Go away. <laughs> like, yeah, I hear. Sh- sure, you get, you know, three to four lands or whatever, but I'm not going to let you take another turn. <laughs> um, so the earliest you can go off is turn six uh, with 
Tefiri untapping the lands at your instep. Mm-hmm. But it's it's really sweet. This deck is really, really cool, and I really like it. So, what if we turn War Boss into something else? Okay, what's well, what's your suggestion here? I'm just sitting here looking at like the package we have, and we could play. We could turn those into like a Danto Vanguard. I was gonna say a Vanguard, a, something just a little bit better as a beater, and can dodge most removal. Uh, yeah, because it's not, like it's not, not good against in Moment of Craving against us. Yeah. Like they, they usually will board out Momentary Craving game two, and usually we win game one because they're not set up for us. Yeah. So and like Vanguard's Vanguard. not good against like Mono Red, but you're not bringing in War Boss in that matchup anyway. Exactly. Uh, against War uh, against like Mono Red, you're bringing in like Shock and Baffling End, and and like Lyra, and that's it. Yeah. So. Yeah, I could I could definitely see it. Um, that's that's something I'm gonna have to test because. It's not a card I own, as weird as it sounds. <laughs> I, just, I don't actually own a Danto Vanguard. Hmm. I I know they're super cheap. They're maybe a couple bucks each, but... They're like a dollar a piece. Why don't right, you I have might, these? I might have to pick those up. Or I can get foils for a dollar fifty. <laughs> that's, that's what we want to do. We want to pimp out our standard deck, right? Heck yeah. <laughs> so, um, I think that's going to do it for the standard deck. You have you have anything to touch on with it? Nope, you talked about everything I could think of, probably. Um, I, I really like the, the one precog in the deck. Um, it's a card I've been really high on in this format. It's just like, especially, especially in the Nexus deck, just being able to see potentially six cards is so many. It is a lot. Yeah. So, I really like it. I could see it becoming the third chemisters as well, but I think I like cutting the arch for another chemisters before I like cutting the precog. Yeah. So, that's that's where I'm at. Um, The tough matchups has been like mono white because we don't really have a good answer for like a Danto Vanguard. Like, yeah, we have, like, Seal Away, and, like, we can tuck it with a Tefiri, but, like, tucking it with Tefiri does not seem very good. Game two, you get Baffling Ends, so... Which which makes me wonder if I want more Baffling Ends, or if I want... um, So, in paper right now, I've been playing Four Shock, because I don't have Baffling Ends. <laughs> Again, just a card I don't own. So, I've been, uh... I've been playing four shock, and luckily in paper I haven't had a necessity for for the uh, the baffling ends l- lately. But I definitely think uh, either a two two split or four baffling end is correct. And I think because mono white, uh, uh, because mono red and mono blue are really popular, I think I want shock. I want at least two shock. So yeah. So yeah, that's that's gonna do it for uh, for standard this week. What uh? What are you playing, Carl? What have we locked in? Well, we locked in Dredge. Who to thunk it? I was I was flip flopping Monday night about what to play. I had black green infect sitting here. I have it sitting here on the desk, sleeved up. I have uh, Vanifer in my backpack in the box still, like ready to rock and roll. I'm I'm just like playing the best deck is probably the best bet for us. 
I feel like having a steady middle seat means we were guaranteed one game most of the time. Mm-hmm. And then you and like your legacy matchups tend to be they they tend to go long and they can be back and forth. The standard ones can tend to go long and be back and forth. So having something a little bit faster in the middle where we can just get I can get games done quickly and I can help going back and forth is probably best. Um, so we're on dredge. Uh, I have changed the street corns out for neonates. Okay. Uh, neonate being a one one menace. Uh, that lets me go. If I have a dredger in my hand, I can just pitch the dredger after combat on turn two and go off. Or if they go to remove it, I made them waste a spell mm-hmm. to, to get them to pop it. Um, still, it feels really bad against Thing in the Ice. Because if I flip like Narc Amoebas or something off of the dredge off of it, um, those bounce back to my hand. But. I feel like it's worth the swap at this point. Shriekhorn is has been fine. It's just not that great in the Phoenix matchups. Mainly because when you just go and activate it, they can they have a chance to like go and do everything else. And then just flip their thing in the ice and bounce all your stuff. And it kind of works the same way, but this is a 1-1 just threat that I can just start pinging with. And it's a damage race against Phoenix most of the time. Um, yeah, I, I know we talked about it a little bit today. Um, I really like the inclusion of Neonate in this deck just as a way to potentially speed up the clock a little bit. Um, and worst case scenario, it can get in for a couple points. Um, because uh, 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 eventually it's going to be a problem for your opponent that they have to answer. Yeah. Uh, I lose points against Green Black, which that's fine. <laughs> I'll take the points against the rock. That's fine. I, yeah. I have I lose points I, I there anyway. In my experience, um, that matchup's pretty favored in dredges in dredges favor. Yeah, um, it's it's like sixty five thirty five from my. They just experience. get ex- it's just extra fodder for scavenging news. Yeah. yeah, which it's fine. Like uh, if, if they're eating a neonate, they're leaving your prize to Malcolm's alone. Exactly. Uh, I'm all for the. Have as many dudes on the field and just beat them down. Yep. That's like Like we said, Dredge is an aggro deck. Kill your opponent. Uh, I'm back up. To, I'm on three Conflagrate still compared to everybody else's two. Conflagrate, we talked about it a little bit at the beginning of the sh- that podcast I just, episode. I don't get why people are cutting that card, man. I just don't um, get it. They want to play Dark Blast and they want to play more uh, like consistent pieces, whereas Conflagrate is and has always been the finisher of the deck. So you don't always need that many because most people see it as, oh, this is just a giant fireball for five or six. Well, actually, it could be a great removal spell for against humans, against thing in the ice. Um, This is one of your only ways that you can kill a flipped thing in the ice in Dredge and only having access to two gives you Phoenix player... A real big buff because they that's only two other thing in the ice is going down and that means they've got two more to try and kill you with. And they um, see enough of their deck that like seeing four things is like not unrealistic. Exactly. Plus having the being able to flip one early, flip a conflagrate early means you can kill a thing in the ice early. So uh, I'm also playing one lightning axe instead of one dark blast in the main board. Um, Having it be, it's like an extra discard to help me get going sometimes. 
Um, granted, I have to hit a creature with it, but with everyone playing Death Shadow and Phoenix right now, I can easily just kill a 5-5 with it or kill a thing in the ice and pitch a dredger. Um, so that's that's about all the techie stuff I've done in the main board. Uh, I only have 18 lands because that's just how I play the deck. I don't play a bunch of lands. Usually 18 is the minimum lands you can play and still have consistent hands. Um, as for my sideboard, uh, it's kind of all over the place. But you don't want to side in a bunch of cards into Dredge mm-hmm. all the time because it's an engine deck to begin with. The more you bring in, the slower your deck becomes. So bringing in twos and threes is better than bringing in like a play set and like two more cards. So my sideboard is one engineered explosives to answer problematic permanence, help against humans, um, anything sort of like that nature. Uh, I have two Dark Blast to bring in against the aggro decks. Uh, two more lightning axes for Phoenix, Death Shadow, Aldrazi, big stuff like that. Um, for my hate package, I have three Nature's Claim and two Ancient Grudge, which that's that should be plenty because most of the hate you're seeing right now is Surgical mm-hmm. and Ravenous Trap. So playing the Nature's Claim and the Ancient Grudges, having only five of those should be plenty. Um, I'm also playing Collector Brutality as a just kind of interactive discard pick your surgical from your hand kill a dude maybe swing life totals a little bit my way kind of just interactive spell and then uh three laid out of the void for uh opposing dredge decks um phoenix it kind of help against phoenix once in a while mix the face the slootings only go once um which that's usually the big card against us is they just get to go draw all the cards and just churn through their deck. If we turn off Pyromancer's Ascension and Faithless Looting, we'll be in the clear. Um, land base is a little wonky. I play a forest and a mountain instead of two mountains like most people do. Um, a lot of people have cut the Dakmore Salvage too, which... Which I think because you're cutting the... Uh, the Dark Blast. Having the extra dredger in the Dark, uh, the Dakmore Salvage is fine. Dakmore Salvage is almost free. Like, it's almost a free dredger in the mm-hmm. deck. And most people just don't want to play it anymore. And I, I'm against that. I like playing able to play that. Uh, my Rainbow Lands of Choice are Gemstone Mines because they play well with Loam so much. I will, like... Yep. You're, you're, not, you're also not losing percentage points to, uh, to burn in that way. Yeah, I'm not Compared to myself. playing something like, um... Uh, like City of Brass or Mana Confluence. Yeah. Um, beyond that, the normal slew of creatures, two thugs, since I'm not playing the, the Dark Blast on this main board. Um, four Loam, four Chill, four Reunion, four Looting. Um, yeah, that's about all we have to say about Dredge. Dredge is just is going to be the straightforward linear deck that I can hopefully end my matches quickly so I can help my teammates yep. win their matches. And like like I've told you before, man, I, I trust with what you're doing. Um, you, you're you the dredge guy. You know what you're doing with the deck. So <laughs> if if you think this is the correct build for the weekend, I'm going to trust you. So go beat some people up. I'm going to try to. We'll see so what happens. That, uh, that leaves me. Yep, that leaves we, legacy. We get we get to talk about my stuff some more. Yeah. Um. So we talked about it 
uh, a couple weeks back with the Legacy Open in, obviously I remember where that was, uh, Syracuse. Yes, yes. Um, about Grixis Control and how I used to play it forever ago. Um, I think it's really good right now. I, I think this deck is uh, really, really sweet. It's it's a deck I've worked on for uh, a couple weeks now alongside alongside you and uh, a couple other people I've talked to online and such. Um, shout out to my buddy David. Thank you very much for lending me basically everything I need for the deck. Um, you... You're fantastic, and I owe you one for this, man. You're, you're, uh, you're awesome. So, <laughs> um, nothing, nothing overly special in the deck. Um, we we tested a little bit the other night, and I've come to the conclusion that for him is probably not correct. Um, just because there's there's definitely games where all you draw is him to Turox, and when you're looking at your hand of, you know. Ponder, Brainstorm, Hemdraturok, and, like, K-Command, and you want to try to play around Wasteland, but then you can't because you have double black plus your blue cards and you only have two fetches. It's really awkward. So um, I ended up cutting the, the fourth hem for a second Thought Seize, which just felt, it just felt fine. Um, I I have gone down a Coligan's Command, um, from my original three, I'm only, I'm only going to be playing two, uh, instead I'm playing two Fatal Push, uh, I was, I was originally playing one Fatal Push, two Lightning Bolt, three K Command, uh, went down, went down one, played the second Fatal Push, I'm playing one Main Vort Flusterstorm just for, uh, <clears throat> the, the Delver matchup, because, you know, a lot of, a lot of the stuff comes down to, well, can you remove my threat, so, having, having an extra counterspell that, is really hard for them to interact with game one is has been really nice. Um, past that really nothing special on the main board. The, the main board fluster storm is like the biggest thing. I'm playing two diabolic edicts because I don't like to lose the merit liege. And because I'm not in white, I don't get Caracas. The, the, uh, sideboard I originally had that I, I sent you, I think had twenty five cards in it. <laughs> yes, it was it was well north of twenty. I I know I know it was more than twenty. I think it was in between twenty and twenty five. Um, I'm just like I don't know what I want to play. So uh, the fifteen I have right now may not be the fifteen I register. Um, currently currently playing one engineered explosive, one cluster storm, one pyroblast, three surgical because I don't like losing to reanimator. Uh, one Thought Seize, one Bitter Blossom, one Dread Boar, one Marsh Casualties, two Blood Moon, one Veil, one Last Hope, one True Name Nemesis. Uh, the True Name has felt really good against Delver. It's felt really good against... Um, I played a little bit of it against Death and Taxes, just because like it can be really good as a blocker. It can also just turn the corner and start beating people to death. It's I haven't tested against Miracles yet, but I feel like it would be fine in that matchup. Um, I they're probably leaving in terminus, but like that just makes my planeswalkers better. So I'm not sure how to approach that matchup yet. Um, just because we're both avoiding 
playing against Wasteland. They're going to have back to basics. I most I, I'm not going to bring in Blood Moon in that matchup just because it doesn't seem good. But like having Thoughtseize, having Bitter Blossom, uh, the Dread Boar to help clear out Jace and Mentor, uh, Veil and Last Hope as well, just to like start pressuring them seems really fine. And just cutting away, you know, the Fatal Pushes, the Lightning Bolts. Uh, Edict, Edict gets cut before any of those. Yeah. Um, just because Edict is really bad against Mentor. Um, yeah. That's that's really all I got to say, man. I know I had tested a Pithy Needle in the board. It was kind of medium. I think Pithy Needle is fine if you're expecting a lot of taxes. Um, mm-hmm. Just because it can shut down, like, Aether Vial and Mother of Runes, which is really hard for this deck to beat if it if it becomes active. Um, Bitter Blossom has felt really great against, like, the Eldrazi decks, against Delver... Uh, I, I brought it in against, uh, Turbo Depths the other night, if you remember. Yeah. And, like, there was, I think I was at nine when I played it. And I believe your exact words are, I don't think that's going to kill me in time. <laughs> <laughs> I, I ended up winning that game on the back of Blood Moon and Bitter Blossom just turning the corner. Yeah. Um, it's... It seems fine. I I think of the three decks we have, I think this is the one I'm most unsure about. But like, I I don't know, man. Casting brainstorms really addictive. So like, <laughs> I just I just want to cast more brainstorms for a while. We're gonna lose him to legacy forever. <laughs> Until until Brainstorm is printed into Modern, I'm going to be playing Legacy. Um, so after after Cincy, that weekend after, I believe it's the 30th, there is a 5K at Moonbase up in St. Louis that I'm going to be going to. Yeah. So depending on how this goes, I might take Delver, or I might take Death and Taxes. Or I might take this, I don't know yet. Um... I need I need to talk to David to see if he's okay with letting Let me keep on to it for another week. Because I know Drew is gonna go with me and Drew is borrowing Tundras from David. So I, I'm gonna I, I'm assuming it's gonna be okay for me to hold it for a week, but <laughs> I, I need to confirm that with him before before, yeah, I, before you I, I confirm that. that. So um I am gonna take my Delver stuff just in case I do end up deciding to uh flip flop between now and then. I have what, four days? Yeah. Well, I, I guess three days before I had to lock in a deck. Yeah. And uh, one of those is an eight-hour drive, so I might be able to convince myself to register Delver of Secrets this weekend. I haven't decided yet. But Baleful Strix is really great. Uh, it's helped clear out a lot against, like, Eldrazi. Uh, it was really good against the Delver decks because, like, Delver and Terramander just can't attack through it. Um, interesting note, I'm not playing a Toxic Deluge, and I just, I don't think you need it if you're playing Marsh Casualties. Uh, Marsh Casualties also clears out, like, all of Young Pyromancer, all the true names, Delver, like, it, to, to clear out a Flip Delver costs way more, uh, costing five compared to, compared to three and two life, but I... 
I still think it's correct to have it there. Um, I, I don't know, man. Any any thoughts on this? I know you've played a lot against it the last couple days. Anything that you've seen that is a glaring issue that you don't approve of? I'm glad you're finally down to three him to Tarot. Yeah. <laughs> after, There's a lot of the just non-games. After the first couple games of, man, this hand's really good if I draw another black source. <laughs> I know we played against... I played against it with the Is It Delver deck, and that deck was... The, the Is It Delver deck is really sweet. Austin definitely knows what he's talking about when uh, when he says you should play that deck. That deck is hot. I, I had never played it before, and I picked it up, and... It does, it, some, just, it does some cool things. It was fantastic. You ready to go buy Volcanic Islands? God, no. <laughs> I don't even have that much money in my bank account. Come on, come on, Carl. They're only they're only four fifty each. I'd rather buy Scalding Tarns. <laughs> I mean, well, you also need those, so. <laughs> Let's start with Tarns, and then we'll work our way up, Okay. Good lord, Star City has near mint vaults at seven hundred dollars. I'm good. Why why is the reserve list still a thing? Oh. Oh man. Here's their chance to print essentially essential dual lands again. Modern horizons, let's hundred dollars. <laughs> I had I had someone tell me the other day that they were going to abolish the reserve list when when we start getting to spoiler season for Modern Horizons so they can print dual lands into Modern. We don't need that. No. Why? We, we, we Why need would you do that? Reprints that aren't shockwaves. Give me snow basics. I mean, give me snow snow duels. Exactly. The the so, problem is. The problem is they will never print a land that is better than a basic ever again, so. Oh, well. I mean, they can still have downsides. I'll be fine with that. Yeah, I, I don't care. Just, I want, I want legacy playable, I, I want legacy playable, easily accessible lands for people. Exactly. I, I don't care how they do it, I just want it. You can play shock lands, but it's... Sometimes it's too much. Sometimes it hurts you too much and you can't do everything you need to do. Uh, Blue Black Shadow would like to talk to you, sir. They want to do that. There's a difference. <laughs> That's their whole game plan. Um, and they still play Underground Seas. So Drew was talking about playing Prairie Stream in, in Miracles because they play so many basics. I'm like, Dude, I mean, that could be fine. It's basically a Tundra. <laughs> I mean, I'd be playing Overgrown Tombs in uh, Turbo Depths, just because yeah. I don't want to buy Bayous. For now. Uh, nope, still don't want to buy Bayous. <laughs> <laughs> so, um... I think that's it. Anything else, man? Nothing. Anything outside of the world of magic you want to talk to? Talk about, I should say? No. I've been at work every day since we got back from regionals so dude same i haven't really got to spend time looking at like anything or doing anything besides uh, sleep i've worked a lot that's about all i can say so um i've been i've been looking a lot into paper mario speedruns the last week or so Mm -hmm. um i think that's probably going to be the next game i pick up for speedrunning 
Uh, just because growing up, that was one of my favorite games, and I played a lot of it growing up. So I I really enjoy the the uh, the Mario RPG series between Super Mario RPG, which I've actually never beaten. Um, I own it on two different consoles, and I've never beaten it. <laughs> um, and then we have Paper Mario, we have TTYD, and then we got Super Paper Mario, I think, for the Wii U, or the, the Wii. And those yeah. those were uh, those were really great. I loved all three of those. So, um, definitely, definitely looking into a lot more of that. Um, I need to actually go figure out how to get the Japanese copy on my Wii U because I don't want to go buy a Japanese cart for my 64. Understandable. So yeah, uh, that's that's where I'm at in life. I got everything set up for the GameCube to stream if I ever stream again. I Dude, just... I, I was just thinking about that. I'm like, I haven't streamed in like two weeks, if not yeah. longer. Uh, with all the Cincinnati stuff, and then I've got the wedding stuff, and then I, it's it's just a lot going on right now, and I'm kind of just like, every time I come home, it's like, do I want to sit down and have a mediocre stream, or do I want to, like, go to bed? I'm just like, let's just go to bed. Let's go sleep and get ready for tomorrow. Yeah. Um, so. I think that's going to do it then, man. Yep, that sounds like we're out of stuff to talk about. Okay. So this has been episode 12 of the Attackers Yo podcast. Um, big shout outs to, to Austin Collins once again. Shout outs to David. Uh, both of you are awesome people. Um, you can contact me or Carl or the podcast on Twitter. Um, you can reach me at CarterNoble25. Carl's at Musical underscore 33. Um, podcast is at, at Attackers Zero. Uh, emails in the show notes, deck lists are going to be in the show notes as well, so you can go look at specifics if you're interested in that. Um, everything past that, I think we're good to go for the week. Uh, you'll have a fantastic week. We'll be back next week. Um, we might be delayed next week just because of, of the timing with Cincinnati and everything. So we will, uh, keep an eye out on Twitter for that. Just, uh, we'll keep an update on all that. And I think that's going to do it for us, everybody. Um, Y'all have a good one, and peace.